0: This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, Plus, Mac, or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by TrekFan. TrekFan isn't just a Star Trek fan club, it's a challenge. You will explore new places, learn new things, and collaborate with other fans to solve puzzles, complete real-life mission objectives, and win great prizes. And in the spirit of an enlightened future, TrekFan is absolutely free. Not just free to play, but completely free. Find out more by visiting fm.trekfan.org. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM.
1: How we doing, Trip? Ready when you are. Prepare for warp. Course
0: laid in, sir. Request permission to get underway. Let's go. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Warp 5, our dedicated enterprise show. I'm Christopher Jones, and joining me again this week here on the NX01 is Tyler Johnson. Tyler, welcome back. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Well, we had a little snafu last week, Tyler. Um, what's this thing celebrating like independence or something in the U.S. by shooting fireworks? What's
1: that yeah, all about? Yeah, I think about? it's called America Day or something. I don't really oh, know what okay. it is, but they blow up really <laughs> loud things over my house, which makes recording hard. <laughs> yeah, we
0: were going to record a show, and, and me being in Japan, I didn't even think about it being the 4th of July. And, of course, everyone is shooting fireworks, and so we decided, you know... Let's just postpone this until it's a little bit more quiet outside. But shooting fireworks is something that you naturally want to do with the topic we're going to talk about today, which is award wins and nominations, especially if you win, Tyler, you want to go out and shoot some fireworks, right?
1: Yeah, I wish I could have coordinated with all the people around my house and just said, well, you shoot one off whenever I say that there was an award that was won, but they didn't want to do that. <laughs> They weren't listening. Like, they were they were drinking beer and shooting off fireworks and didn't care about my podcast. They're like, a Saturn Award? What's that? The VES right. Awards? Huh? Right.
0: <laughs> well, today is sort of a different topic here on Warp 5. We thought it would be fun to go through some of the award nominations and wins by the series Star Trek Enterprise because... This series gets ragged on a lot. It really doesn't get much respect from the fans, and I think Star Trek fans generally don't realize how many award nominations and how many wins Enterprise received over its short four-year run. So we're going to go through the Saturn Awards, the Visual Effects Society Awards. Those are the VES awards that your neighbors didn't care about, Tyler. (laughs) Mm-hmm. There's the Writers Guild of America Awards, the ASCAP Film and Television Music Awards, the Emmy Awards, and the very prestigious Hugo Awards, for which Enterprise was nominated, a very rare nomination for Star Trek.
1: Yeah, I don't know how many non-Enterprise fans listen to this show, but if you are one of those, this is... You know, it's kind of fun for me to be able to say, look, here, here's people recognizing the work that was done. Um, but if you are, you know, here's your ammo. If somebody comes up and they say uh, that some other show was the best, you say, well, how many Emmys were they nominated for, right? Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> so so let's go through these and let's start with the Saturn Awards.
1: Yeah, so the Saturn Awards are the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror annual award series. And um, I have in my... In my room right now, I, I live uh, by in Portland, which is the largest bookstore in the world, uh, Powell's, and you can go to the science fiction section and they have bookmarks with the winners of the Saturn Award for every year and some oh, wow. of these other awards as well. So I have uh, like a list of who won the best books of the, in, in the Saturn Awards every year going back for 50 years or something like that. Wow, so wow. Um, I, one, of my, one of my personal favorites.
0: I thought you were gonna tell me that you had a Saturn Award on your shelf right there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> right. Well, I have, you know, I don't like to brag about all my Saturn awards I've won. Um, anyway, but that's, <laughs> I, it's something I actually follow. Uh, not as much for the TV, more for the, for the writing. But, the writing, um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, am really happy to hear that Enterprise was nominated for some of these.
0: Well, they were, yeah. In 2002, Enterprise was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a Television Series, Connor Trenier, Best Actor in a Television Series, Scott Bakula. Best Supporting Actress in a Television Series, Jolene Blaylock. Best Network Television Series, Enterprise. And of these four, they won one award. Tyler, if if you didn't look, who would you guess won this award? Connor, Scott, Jolene, or the series?
1: Oh, man. Now I wish I would have read that part. I was I was just sort of go at the, looking at the, the the nominations. I would I would think Scott Bakula won, although I'm rooting for Connor Trenier.
0: All right, see, I would have guessed Connor Trenier personally because mm-hmm. he's my favorite actor on Enterprise. At least his character, the way he portrays the character. Actually, it was Jolene Blaylock, Best Supporting Actress in a Television Series, 2002 Saturn Award.
1: Really? Huh. Well, good for her.
0: Surprised me a little bit there. Nothing against Jolene, but um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised on that one. Also, for 2002, Enterprise won the Cinescape genre Face of the Future Award for a female, which also went to Jolene Blaylock.
1: Wow, she was just blowing up that year. You know, it's funny. I actually didn't watch that season when it was on. I didn't watch it till uh, a year or two later because I didn't have TV where I lived at all at that point. Um, and so I kind of caught up in all this later. I I didn't know that that was she made such a big splash. That's great.
0: Yeah, she she did. So unfortunately, Scott Bakula did not win for best actor. He lost out to David Baranez of Angel. Connor Trenier lost out as supporting actor to Victor Garber of Alias, and Enterprise as a series lost
1: out to Alias. I it felt like Alias was on so much before Enterprise, but I guess not. Um, I, you know, in my mind, Alias is, is a much older show than Enterprise is more recent, but I guess yeah. I have that must well. There's have that wrong.
0: yeah some overlap there. So so they got in there. The next year, two thousand three, there were four nominations: the Usual Suspects, Jolene Blaylock for supporting actress, Connor Trinneer for supporting actor, Scott Bakula for best actor. And Enterprise for Best Network Television Series, no wins for Enterprise in two thousand three. But who did they lose to, Tyler?
1: Well, it looks like the the uh, Joss Whedonverse verse was really dominating. So Amy Acker won for Angel for Best Supporting Actress. James Marsters, uh, James Marsters, sorry, who was on both Angel and Buffy? He was doing double duty. Uh, won for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, and the best actor in a television series went to um, David Boreanaz. I've never really known how to say that. Is that is he? He's the main actor on Angel, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then uh, the best television series was that a tie for Angel and that CSI? that was a tie.
0: Yeah, Angel and CSI. They couldn't pick a winner, but it was an <laughs> Enterprise.
1: <laughs> I don't. I've, Angel's no Buffy. Someone's gonna be very upset that I put that on there. But I. I, I yeah. <laughs> but
0: for me, Angel was like. It's sort of like the fad. It's like, who's the new kid on the block? They get all the attention. So at this point, Buffy wasn't getting the attention. Angel was getting the attention.
1: Oh, see, I feel like it's the other way around. I feel like a show is really good, and maybe they get nominated, and maybe they do okay, but they don't win anything. And then a couple years later, when they're established but they're not as good as they used to be then they start picking up awards. And this is more in the Oscars you've got to get build up that prestige but yeah, it goes for all of these and so I, don't yeah. know, I guess I'm just surprised Angel won all of those awards. Good show. Good show, but I think Enterprise was better for some of those categories.
0: I do too. I do too. So nothing in 2003. 2004 was also an empty year for Enterprise in the Saturn Awards, although they did have 3 nominations. Best Supporting Actress: Jolene Blaylock. Best Actor: Scott Bakula. Best Network Television Series: Enterprise. And of course, Enterprise lost to.
1: So, in Best uh, Best Supporting Actress, that's Amanda Tapping from Stargate, which I'm glad she won. Like she did a lot of good years of work on that show, and it's good to see her get get uh, you know an award for that. And you know. I could probably do a podcast about Farscape as well. Ben Browser was great. And that's a really, really, that's one of my favorite shows. And I think if I remember right, that was the first year of Lost. And that was just a beast that year. Um, yeah, I think that was, was the first year Lost. of Lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the best season of Lost, I think, too. For if You know, if no one's ever going to watch the whole series, yeah. if they just watch the first season, I feel like anyone should be able to enjoy that.
0: I agree because it was a point where the show was kind of interesting and unique and they weren't just making up random things in order to keep episodes coming on every week at that point.
1: And I liked Lost all the way to the end. This is a little off topic, but I liked Lost all the way to the end. But that first season, you know, that first episode is a two-hour movie. And Enterprise has some great production value, but Lost, especially the first season, had some amazing production value.
0: It definitely did. So no wins there in 2004. 2005, the year that Enterprise was canceled, Enterprise picked up a Special Recognition Award. And this actually went to the entire Star Trek franchise, all of the television series together, uh, at least 1987 to 2005. So TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, Special Recognition Award, and Enterprise was part of that, so that was wonderful. They were also nominated for Best Network Television Series, but once again, they lost to lost, and... That's how they wrapped up. And then 2006, there's no Enterprise on television at that point. So what do they get nominated for?
1: Best television release on DVD. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Which is funny, right? Because with the rest of Star Trek, we waited for years and years for it to come out on DVD. And we were recording it on VHS and labeling them ourselves and everything. And then Enterprise, the next year after it was canceled, it's already nominated for... Best television release on DVD, which it did not win.
1: I feel like that's an that's, that's an award that didn't exist until DVDs existed. Like, no one had the best Betamax release of the year. Right. <laughs> it just that's wasn't right. a thing.
0: And, and it always goes to the one studio that decided not to turn their back on Betamax.
1: <laughs> right. The best Laserdisc of the year goes to.
0: <laughs> which, of course, they did not win. And Tyler... You will not be surprised when I tell you that the award for best DVD television release went to Lost, the complete first season.
1: Of course it did. (laughs) Of course it did.
0: So there we go on that one. All right. So those are the Saturn Awards. Now, these next awards here are outside of the industry, I would say, not very well-known award. I'm sure if you're in the industry, they're a big deal to you, I'm sure. This is the Visual Effects Society the ES Awards, and what did Enterprise get nominated for here, Tyler?
1: Well, in 2002, it was nominated for the best visual effects in a series for Shockwave. Um, and we were talking before we, we came on the, we put the, live, the mics live, so to speak, today. It, one thing a lot of people don't know about these, rewar- uh, these awards is that they're, you have to submit for them. So I'm sure you know most shows can only submit one or two episodes. I'm sure this is the episode that they submitted and they were nominated for. You know, they, the, the, these uh, societies don't watch every show and decide which right. ones they're gonna, right. going to nominate.
0: So um, not every episode in a season is going to be nominated because the, the producers decide we're going to submit this episode. And this is right. the norm for pretty much all awards, which I think a lot of people don't realize, whether they're yeah. television awards or film awards or design awards or marketing awards or whatever they are, you typically have to submit your work. People don't right. just look to see what you did and say, hey, I think that that deserves an award.
1: Right. And it's, so this means this was, this was an episode they're proud of as well. Yes. From a visual est- uh, effects uh, standpoint. And this is actually an award I follow a little bit as well. I'm a little bit of an awards junkie. But this particular award, I have some people, uh, some friends of mine who work in visual effects, yeah. As a matter of fact, one of them works for a studio that had five of the top ten uh, grossing movies last year. Or oh, five wow. of the top ten that were nominated for VS awards. Okay, so saw these pictures on Facebook of him at the awards ceremony, <laughs> um, and uh, it's uh, yeah. I, th- I think it's you know, people get a little too caught up in the graphics sometimes, but it's what makes these sci-fi shows feel real. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Enterprise did a really great job with these, and it does feel real. Like I. For the most part, Enterprise for me, except for a couple of places where it's very obvious the entire scene is CGI, like when the Enterprise is coming out of dry dock and you've got the astronauts mm-hmm. floating, which even there, are, you know, that, that one feels a little bit animated. But for the most part, Enterprise feels very real, more so than a lot of the past Star Trek series yeah, they Even. they
1: definitely have the best visual effects of you, you know, uh any of this the series and they were the latest, so they have the best opportunity right. there and yeah. some of the suluban stuff looks a little weird now, but when it came on a lot of that was groundbreaking.
0: Oh, it was, yeah, yeah. So Shockwave was nominated for best visual effects in a television series. Uh did not win on that one, but in 2003 Enterprise did win a VES award for best models and miniatures in a televised program, music video or commercial, for the episode Dead Stop.
1: That's great. Not only did they beat out other sci-fi shows, commercials too. That's a huge category. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, good, I, good for them. That, that's a good episode too. I think there, there's a lot going on in that one.
0: Yeah, I think that one was well-deserved because that, that facility, everything that they did in that episode in Dead Stop uh, was, was really nicely put together.
1: And I don't remember if it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, we had the sort of uh, Easter egg show, and we were talking about a lot of little things in that episode, aliens that you wouldn't maybe notice right. unless you pause the DVD. Um, so they put a lot of time and care into that, into that show to make it feel like it was in, the, in universe.
0: Right. They definitely did. So 2004, Enterprise won yet again, this time for outstanding visual effects in a broadcast series for Stormfront Part 2. And in fact, Stormfront 2 was also nominated for another award, Outstanding Created Environment in a live act on broadcast programming for the dogfight over New York City. So they were nominated for two things for Stormfront 2, and they won one of them.
1: Yeah, that's it's interesting how technical they get on some of this stuff. Um, but I think for good reason. It's, it's very different to create a, a ship versus an environment Versus a you know a CGI person. Those are all very different skill sets. So I think it makes sense.
0: Right. And speaking of getting really, really technical here, we also talked about maybe giving a few awards of our own. Mm-hmm. And I just want to insert one right here because it does kind of apply to this very technical nature of the VES awards. I think Enterprise should have won for best use of elastic in a waistband during a partially dressed decontamination scene (laughs) on broadcast programming.
1: Yes, okay, that was good. And I liked the, um, uh, along those same lines, the uh, sort of glisten effect they put on when they were applying in that same scene when they were applying lotions and creams.
0: Best spritzing on a network (laughs) television show.
1: It it felt like it was coming out of the screen. (laughs) (laughs) It did.
0: (laughs) All right, so that's all we have for VES, uh, the Writers Guild of America Awards. There was one nomination in 2006 for radio or television on-air promotions Enterprise. So think back, Tyler, to when you see promotions for Enterprise on TV. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what was submitted and nominated here, but I'm picturing those things where they tell you like what's coming up on Enterprise or maybe it was like the final thing towards the end of the final season or something like that.
1: Yeah, this is the one. I looked at a bunch of the other ones. When I think Writers Guild, this is not the first award I think of. (laughs) um, And the fact that it's radio or television, I'm sure it wasn't a radio ad for Enterprise. But uh, yeah, this one confuses me a little bit. I don't remember (laughs) any radio ads. Yeah.
0: It's not impossible Um, because I, I do know sometimes shows will put on on radio especially on like certain like am programs i remember Mm -hmm. hearing like a network promo for a tv show coming up but not so common but i assume this is for copywriting for those promotions so yeah um cool i don't think i don't know i'd have to go look i don't think voyager was ever nominated for that unless it was best misleading copywriting in a network television promotion where they try to make every episode sound like it's super dramatic and <laughs> and deadly for the characters when it's actually like uh, Luau on the holodeck with Neelix
1: making pina coladas for everyone or something. And then maybe Deep Space Nine <laughs> has most understated because it's like, wait, what's really happening? I don't know where, where they're going in the, with this, you know, because they right. were so, uh, a lot of those episodes were such slow burns, you know? Right, right. You can't really promote them.
0: I can see a promo for DS9. Major Kira is mad as hell on the next Deep Space Nine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Majorans, very confusing on the next Deep Space Nine.
0: (laughs) All right. So so that's all we have there. Uh, Let's go on to the ASCAP Film and Television Music Awards, 2002. A win, top TV series, Enterprise. Do you know much about the ASCAP Film and Television Music Awards? You're an award junkie.
1: Yeah, it covers a broad category because it's composers, authors, and publishers. So uh, a lot of, I think, what they get known for are script and soundtrack mm-hmm. is what I think of when I think of ASCAP. But you also see them, their name on a lot of things because they, you know, they're a big part of the union. And you, they, it, it, right. it's, it's sort of a prestigious award because it comes from, if I understand right, the people, the, your peers.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So so that's well-deserved, I think, Um these awards that are for the series as a whole or a season as a whole where you take in everything that went into the production the writing the music especially mm-hmm. i think enterprise certainly deserves those wins
1: yeah those in a way are more valuable to me when it, when a show wins for one episode i think that's fun and it's nice and it makes sense for it's great for the effects. people that worked
0: on it of course.
1: Yeah, but like nobody says, uh, you know, it's just so different on TV. No one says this movie is going to win for this scene, right? Right. Like right. it was the best scene of the year, <laughs> unless you're watching the MTV Awards, right? It's it's which is the best whole film. And so I really like the the ones that are about a whole season. I like more. the MTV
0: Awards reflect the, like the short attention span, right? Right. Was the movie good? I have no idea, but there was that 15 second scene that was really <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> I never saw it, but the trailer was super funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. exactly.
0: All right. Well, let's move into some bigger awards here now that everyone knows. I say bigger just in terms of like public knowledge of the awards, the Emmy Awards. So everyone wants to win an Emmy. Let me ask you though, Tyler, how much value do you put on an Emmy win? Because for me as a creative, the Emmys and the Oscars, while they are prestigious awards and everyone wants to win one, the, the academies have very questionable judgment and they just blindly ignore great work and great performances, often based on genre. How do you feel about, is it important to you when you see Star Trek nominated for an Emmy or winning an Emmy?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. I have, when I say a follow awards, I have a love-hate relationship with them. You know, I, I I think the Oscars to me have more prestige. The Emmys to me... Some categories, they, they seem to take more seriously than others. And they have a huge hole. They don't, you know, like you said, they don't tend to uh, reward sci-fi. And in, the, in a very Oscar way, they also will often reward the third season of a, of a show and not the first. Or the award the show that just happens to be the number one on TV. I mean, you look who wins the Emmys. Oh, wow, they were number one in the ratings. Big surprise. You know, Mm -hmm. I never saw that coming.
0: What often got me is I'm a really big comedy fan. I love sitcoms. And what got me with the Emmys was that shows, like you say, maybe the third season they win an award. But beyond that, it's like they pick up momentum. Right. And they just keep winning year after year after year when there are much better shows on at that point that should be getting attention and they announce the nominees and you can actually, you can be a step ahead of them and and the nominees are and then you can say the name and then there it'll be.
1: And a lot of times those shows are not as good when they're winning the award as when they first come out. The first couple seasons may be great. Third season is maybe the best for a lot of comedies and by five or six, they're kind of looking for stuff to do. But the thing I like about the Emmys and the thing that I sort of follow a lot of times the the oh, nominees are more interesting than the winners. Yeah. And for some of these, uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm sort of an um, indie film guy I used to work at an independent theater and typically the best actor in any year is is probably not in the biggest movie from my perspective. Right. Yeah. But but they're going to reward that amazing performance by nominating them and then they might win three years down the road. And so those nominations to me are almost more valuable than yeah. the win. Yeah. And so it's I actually I'm really excited that the enterprise got nominated for that because that's, that's like, there's like some sort of, what's, what's the version of glass ceiling for sci-fi on the Emmys? <laughs> <laughs> the the pro, the proton ceiling or something. Yeah.
0: The atmosphere, I, I guess. You have to burst through the atmosphere.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's good. The ionosphere. Yeah. The yeah, glass ionosphere. The
0: breaking through the glass ionosphere. <laughs> that's <Exactly>. helpful. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I agree with you there with the nominations. Going back to sci-fi though, Do you remember 1994, best drama, not best genre drama or anything Mm -hmm. like that, best drama series, Star Trek The Next Generation and The X-Files were both nominated in the same year. Mm. And I remember thinking, one of them's got to win. They're both in there. No, we're not going to we're not going to give an award. It was it was just kind of like a pat on the head, like you guys are so cute with your science fiction. We're going to put you in here. But you don't have a chance of winning.
1: Yeah, I feel like I already went on my rant a little bit, so I don't want to do too much more. But if you ever want to get upset, just go Google <laughs> something along the lines of who should have won the Emmys and, or, or shows, great shows that never won Emmys. Oh, and yeah, you'll yeah. see actors, shows, episodes that are iconic and that are, are generation making that you know maybe didn't even get nominated. And so they have a huge blind spot for certain kinds of things, and they always have. The the thing is, they may be changing now because they've been nominating Netflix shows and things like that. So they're embracing a little broader definition, but it's slow.
0: Yeah, a little bit, although that's embracing simply a change in the production and distribution model, not in the content of the shows necessarily.
1: So yeah, but it also means that those weren't necessarily the highest rated shows. They can it's not an apples to apples comparison yeah, that of is hey, true. Two and a half men had the most uh you know pe- eyeballs on it, so somebody on there must be good. Yeah. That kind of thing.
0: Well, two and a half boleans however, that's a bouncy <laughs> show.
1: <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. Oh man, <laughs> to sci-fi sitcoms would be great. There's a few in Britain. Nobody makes them in the US. There've been a few British sci-fi Red sitcoms.
0: Dwarf was good. I used to that watch Red Dwarf one. every Friday night. Well, let's get into Emmys for Enterprise here. So, Mm -hmm. 2002, Enterprise won for Outstanding Hairstyling for a series for Two Days and Two Nights, the episode in which they visit Ryza. Mm -hmm. And Star Trek often gets nominated and or wins for hairstyling.
1: Yeah, I guess that, you know, they they grab all the talent and keep them... Um, it's not really a word that I'm excited about personally, but I'm sure the people who do that work uh, yeah. have that prominently displayed on their mantle at home.
0: Somehow, I don't think The Next Generation was nominated for Encounter at Far Point for Outstanding <laughs> Hair Styling for Deanna Troy.
1: Um, yeah, maybe not. Maybe the best uh, head shining for Picard. <laughs> Now we're getting really, really technical.
0: These are the awards where they have the ones that are on the televised ceremony, and then they have the ones like we're talking about here that get handed out at a separate ceremony. Mm -hmm. And then there are the ones where they just send you a letter and they never tell anyone about them. Best head shining (laughs) is one of those.
1: Oh, man, I just need to think of a hairstyle in Enterprise now that should win an award. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um,
0: well, so this yeah. was Two Days and Two Nights, and the nominees were Alias for Q&A, Buffy the Vampire Slayer for Hell's Bills, Sex and the City for Ghost Town, Six Feet Under for I'll Take You. Enterprise uh, took the prize right there.
1: That's great. I, Sex and the City, That's they get a tour de force of hair, so this is a big win. <laughs> Also, two
0: thousand two, a win for Enterprise, outstanding special visual effects for a series for Broken Bow.
1: I think that's this. This is the big win to me. Yeah. Um, obviously, sci-fi tends to win the visual effects category, but Broken Bow is it was a really great way to start that series, and the production value was really high. And I'm I'm really glad to see that. Yeah, the, you know, it recognized essentially. They they beat
0: out themselves in that category because they were also nominated for Breaking the Ice. Mm -hmm. which also had amazing visual effects. I mean, the shot of the Enterprise trailing the comet, especially for the time, the CGI of the time, I always thought was very, very beautiful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I I think it set a tone for the rest of the series. Now we have to keep up with this level of uh, production value, which is great.
0: So also nominated were Smallville's Pilot, SG-1, Enemies, and SG-1 Revelations, so pretty much all sci-fi related there
1: i can't remember i think sg1 was still on hbo at that point so they were they probably had a little bigger budget than when they moved to syndication later yeah yeah so
0: so but this one's very well deserved people ask me about pilots like which is your favorite star trek pilot and i always say that for story my favorite pilot is emissary from deep space 9 for production my favorite pilot is broken bow because Mm -hmm. it does have a great story i have some issues with parts of the story. But from a visual standpoint, the production value of the episode—it's just head and shoulders above anything that Star Trek had done up to that point, I think, and that's saying a lot because they did some really great stuff.
1: Well, especially when you look back at yeah, Encounter at Farpoint, which you know, well, that one I kind of discount. I mean, it was—it's, it was but I mean, 80s, that was a big so. deal. They were relaunching that show and yeah. they put budget behind it, and, and that one kind of came out to be a hot yeah. mess. You and know? at
0: the time, I mean, it was it was great work, but it. It doesn't compare with Emissary, Caretaker, or Broken Bow,
1: of course. Right, right, exactly.
0: All right, so we had that one. Also, Outstanding Sound Editing for a Series for Broken Bow. They were nominated. They didn't win in that one. But Tyler, the winner in that category actually went to Smallville for Sound Editing for a Series. Were you a Smallville watcher? I've seen some episodes, but I never really got into Smallville. I was more I of never, a Lois and Clark
1: guy when Terry Hatcher was on there. Uh, yeah, I guess she was a good reason to, to watch. No, I, I never watched any of those uh, Superman TV shows. Um, I don't know. They, they, never, they never caught my interest. So I can't judge whether Smallville had, had better sound editing than Enterprise. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, neither I guess that, can we'll I. leave that to the Emmy, the Emmy board. Neither can I. Although
0: I will just say that I think Enterprise would have been very deserving of a win in that category. <laughs>
1: I th- and I think you may have skipped one because they also were nominated for uh, Outstanding Makeup for a Series. Oh, that's right. Yes. Makeup. Yeah. Yeah. And that was also Broken Bow.
0: I wonder what that was for. Maybe you think that was for the Sulabon?
1: Well, there, let's see. There was uh, there was a Klingon. There was a Sulaban. There were a lot of pointy ears. Yeah, there um, were the
0: butterfly dancers. I don't know the, if that ooh, counts as yeah. prosthetic or not.
1: Yeah, I think those were CGI. Well, yeah, and they what kind of went the girls that, were, uh,
0: but I think the tongues were maybe.
1: Yeah, and they, they kind of went through that uh, sort of the equivalent of the Star Wars cantina scene. They're in a strange oh, place with yeah, all, the, all right. the different aliens. And okay. if, so if you watch, be, there's a lot of them in that scene.
0: Could be for all of that, maybe. You know, yeah. Kind of all together. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. All right. Well, 2003, no wins, but quite a few nominations. Well, three actually, but uh, in one category, three episodes were nominated. So Outstanding Makeup, while we're on that topic, again, for Kanamar. Outstanding music composition for a series, Dramatic Underscore for Dennis McCarthy for The Expanse, which I think should have won personally. I actually went back and I watched The Expanse just to pay attention specifically to the music. And McCarthy did a beautiful job in that episode of capturing the emotion of a lot of the quiet scenes between Archer and Forrest and and Tripp and other people. That you, you don't really notice it that much when you're watching the episode for the entire story, but if you go and you really just pay attention to the music, there was something special about the Expanse. So I definitely can understand it being nominated. I think it should have won.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, to me, uh, I don't. I'm not somebody who listens to soundtracks a lot of, of this kind without the show. But I a lot of the Star Trek shows, I think, should have been winning awards and should should be recognized because I think they did great work. in Enterprise is no exception.
0: But the actual winner in that category, Tyler,
1: was twenty-four. Boo! That's <laughs> no, a perfectly good show. I don't really remember the music in twenty-four. All I think of when I think of twenty-four sound design is tink, tink. tink. Right. That's it. Just the clock ticking. <laughs> That's down. Right. I can't remember anything else about the sound of that show. <laughs> I'm with you on that. So I don't know. Maybe they were just hitting a keyboard each time, and that counted as composing. I mean, that really counted. Sure. I
0: don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, going back to the makeup category real quick and, and who won for that one it actually went to prime time glick which was a comedy central show that i don't know much about
1: yeah is that i think that that may have been martin short oh you might be right in and which he case, was I do in character as sort of a yeah, yeah it's martin short in character as sort of a i remember uh, this show the name slipped yeah. my mind but yeah 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 and he but, he came out and did a full show dress like, which yeah. is kind of gimmicky to me. Yeah, you know? I watched especially some the fat of these. suit. Yeah, I yeah. watched
0: some of these. I don't agree with that. Yeah, this should have gone to Enterprise.
1: I would. I wish they would say uh, if you win for outstanding prosthetic makeup, they should say which one it is. It was that nose that won it for you. Right. Or that was a, that was a really good year. That was the best year I've ever seen. <laughs> ear of the year. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All
0: right and then i mentioned there were 3 episodes nominated for one category in 2003 this was outstanding special visual effects for a series for the crossing dead stop and the expanse and for me of these probably the expanse would be the one if i if i were going to give the award to one of these it would be that one i think
1: yeah i might agree with you i mean dead stop you know it's it's more of a in a static location and so anytime you're traveling, I think that's more interesting.
0: Mm. Now, tell me what you think about the winner. The winner was Firefly for the episode Serenity.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, if you're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> L- losing to Fire... That, I think Serenity was the first... Was it the first episode?
0: I believe it's the pilot, right? But it was aired pilot. out of order,
1: Right. So if that was the pilot, yeah. you know, if you're going to have to lose, that's a good show to lose, too. Yeah, Again, the yeah. verse. Oh, taking those awards. They're tough
0: to <laughs> yeah. tough to compete with. Yeah. All right. Well, that's 2003. Let's move on to 2004. We actually have some wins here. Two of them. Outstanding music composition for a series. Dramatic underscore for similitude. What do you think about that one? It's a very moving episode.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I the, the music really comes uh, directly to mind. But I, you know, when I because when i think about these series the music all sort of jumbles up in my head into an yeah. overall feeling and like i said before i i love the music on star trek so yeah. i'm i'm uh, you know i'm going to be in favor of a win and i feel like they could win every year
0: <laughs> yeah the thing is like if you don't remember the music i almost think that speaks to why it would win an award because it's a very moving and a very touching episode and if you listen to it <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say if you listen to it with the sound off, but if you do that, you can't hear the dialogue. If you could drop the underscore out and have just the dialogue, it changes the nature of how that story impacts you so much. Now, of course, Similitude is where we have the clone of Trip, right? Right. That's going to die. And the fact that that music kind of hides underneath for you Mm-hmm. It is an underscore, but it really hides there and enhances the episode without you remembering anything about it standing out in particular. Really highlights the win for me, so I think it's quite deserving.
1: And I kind of feel like it, the other way too. If you could somehow turn the music off and watch the same episode, you realize that it doesn't mm-hmm. have the same impact. It really, exactly. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like putting makeup on. You know, it, it's accentuating the things you really want to bring across and 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 uh, and pulling them out.
0: That's right. Yeah. So, also, outstanding special visual effects for a series for Countdown.
1: That is an episode I remember specifically being really cool looking on screen. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, that's, that's a good win, I think.
0: Then, nominations in 2004. There was one for outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, miniseries, movie, or a special for Zero Hour.
1: Yeah I guess at this point it's almost like they're going to get nominated for that every year just which episode <laughs> is, like is it, it going to be for um yeah. and and you know that's as that's as good as any for that I don't again I wish we knew exactly what it was if they just pointed out said we like this and we like this but uh yeah, that's a good one I think
0: Well in this case though one thing about the Zindi arc is when it comes to awards like makeup I mean this was such a playground for Michael Westmore and zero hour involves the zindi reptilians quite a bit and the zindi reptilians for me are some of the best makeup that michael westmore did the makeup and the costume design as well all together it's they really feel a they feel more alien than most the aliens that we saw in star trek and yet they're not cgi like the insectoids are and Mm -hmm. That's probably the fact that you get a number of Zindian here, and you get reptilians.
1: I think they also uh, sort of bring across a, a real cultural feeling as soon as you see them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, so you kind of feel like, oh, I can make some guesses about who they are. So yeah, I agree with that.
0: Yeah. So that was cool. Outstanding special visual effects for a series for the Council.
1: Yeah, it seems like they're going to they're going to get nominated for something every year on one of those <laughs> uh, and they ended up beating themselves with Countdown. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you, right. you can't win twice. Well, what we
0: know is maybe if we want to win awards, we need more Zindi in our lives.
1: <laughs> uh, that might be the sitcom we're pitching right there. We're talking about doing a sci-fi sitcom. <laughs>
0: it's like the Zindi the real world. The real world right. Zindi edition. You've got five Zindi living in a house together.
1: Right. And if, also, if you look back at uh, uh, show titles, there's a lot of we need more. And I feel like we need more Zindi might might end up being the title of the show. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Just, matter of fact, don't even keep at producing Enterprise. Just make a Zindi episode every year and send it to the, <laughs> the Emmys and you'll probably win.
0: I guess so. All right. So that's 2004, 2005. No wins, but a number of nominations. Outstanding hairstyling for a series for In a Mirror Darkly. And I can get that. I mean Empress Hoshi alone, I'm gonna give them the win, so
1: Yeah, and it's you know, they have to make every character look a little different, which I think really shows off what, what those people do in a way because you don't notice that they look the same every week. You, right. You don't want to notice the hair too much.
0: You know, I would give them an, not a lifetime achievement, but like a a series achievement award for to hair because they took her from this terrible hair at the beginning of season one to mm-hmm. where Jolene Blaylock really looked great by the end of the series. And it right. was a fairly subtle change in her hair, but it mm-hmm. shows just how important the hair is to the character.
1: And I don't want to say anything bad about the the hair and makeup people. Some of the other Vulcan hair is bad. They're just really <laughs> bad wigs. Um, and so hers hers actually worked and looked really good. Yeah.
0: No, I I think that they're supposed to look that way on purpose, pretty much.
1: Well, but some of them are, you can just tell it's a a bad wig, right? Here's something we (laughs) pulled out of the prop department and we cut it into a bowl (laughs) cut and we threw it on this guy. It's going to work, but, you know, he's only going to be on one episode, so we're not going to spend any more time on it than that. Yeah. All right. So, hairstyling, outstanding prosthetic
0: makeup for a series, miniseries, movie, or a special for United, which, of course, we have the Tellerites in there, so I can understand Mm -hmm. that one, and, and audience as well.
1: I don't know. There were no hoofs. And so I feel like I want to, this is the only nomination I'm taking away.
0: That's a big controversy, actually, isn't it? That there were no hoofs on the
1: I didn't even notice thing. it till someone pointed it out to me, but now I'm very <laughs> upset about it. I think it's a
0: controversy for some of the diehard TOS fans who really wanted that to be carried over.
1: Right. My big thing is I just wanted to see, and we've talked about this before, how the controls work with the hooves because it showed right. their ship and I want to see how they control things. And, yeah. you know, we never got can, to see can that. Can
0: you imagine iPhones on Telar? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I no, I can't. They don't have those. <laughs> they needed a different way to do that. That's how that
0: works. They skipped the they skipped the iPhones. They went straight to the iPads, and then they had the iPad XL because the iPhone screen just didn't have enough room for that <laughs> hoof tap and the double hoof tap. Uh,
1: well, they just have to keep bringing them in for the broken screens. <laughs> Another broken screen. Well, right. I'm glad I played. For, I paid for the insurance. That's great.
0: Until our no one even thinks twice about getting the Apple care, right?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: All right. So there is that one and then outstanding stunt coordination for Borderland and Cold Station twelve.
1: Now this one just comes out of the blue. None of these other years do they get stunt coordination. I feel like there was just as much happening in every series or every season. You know, yeah, there were yeah. there were uh, a lot of crazy things that involved the facts and stunts being layered over each other, but only yeah. in, only in the 2005 season did they get nominated.
0: Yeah. I guess there were some augments on the jury that year. That,
1: I don't know. That do decided. we want to break out the barrel roll, uh, the old barrel <laughs> roll clip and throw it in here? Cause there were a lot of, there's a lot of sort of rolling dodging kind of things that happen, uh TOSE kind of fight scenes that all fit in this category. There really are. Okay, I, I agree
0: with you. I, I think that this little arc right here is deserving of a barrel roll clip.
1: Good, dust it off and pull all it out. Right, there
0: we go. All right, so that is everything for the Emmy Awards there, Tyler. We have one last thing to go through here, and these are the Hugo Awards, which for me are the most prestigious awards that Star Trek can be nominated for or win. And when you consider how many hours of Star Trek there have been, Star Trek really has not been nominated for very many Hugo Awards.
1: Yeah, these guys take themselves really seriously, and in a good way. You know, they're sort of into hard sci-fi, maybe is the way to say it, or... Or deeper thinking a lot of times for
0: me it's the writing it's the story yeah.
1: you know it's not
0: visual effects or not there's anything wrong with that but it's not about so much what's happening on the screen as it is about the story and the writing and the message
1: right and and you know the Hugo Awards have been around since 1955 again to me I have I was talking about bookmarks I have where I I'm thinking about buying a new sci-fi book or something and and I just pull those out and look at them to, to decide. Um, what you're going to get, and they also have one of the cooler statues. We haven't talked, you know. Ever, I think do, most yeah. people know what the Emmys look like, but the Hugo's is a nice, um, sort of lean, classic rocket ship. Right. By 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 comparison, go look up the the uh what the statue looks like for the Saturn Awards. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it looks like it melted a little bit. Yeah. It's got a it's got sort of a, a, a flying saucer thing that's leaning off to the side. It looks very. Oh strange. yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah. Well, you know, there is, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, in the DS9 episode, Far Beyond the Stars, there is an actual Hugo Award sitting in the office there at the publication.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Now that you say it, I think you're right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's there. Well, let's look at how rare Hugo nominations are for modern Star Trek. Now, the original series received a number of nominations and actually won. The original series... One for The Menagerie, and also one for The City on the Edge of Forever, and one for The Trouble with Tribbles, and was nominated for The Corbamite Maneuver, The Naked Time, Amok Time, and Mirror Mirror, and The Doomsday Machine. And then most of the films were nominated for Best Dramatic Presentation. The Motion Picture was nominated, The Wrath of Khan, The Search for Spock, The Voyage Home, The Undiscovered Country. Generations, First Contact, Insurrection, they were all nominated for Best Dramatic Presentation. Which movie did I leave out of there, Tyler, from the original series movies?
1: Oh, I missed it. I'm sorry. Which one
0: did you leave out? You you don't even need to think about it, Tyler. The Final Frontier was not nominated.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, did that movie exist? I thought it didn't exist. <laughs> I thought I dreamed that movie. According to
0: Hugo, is was apparently not, so...
1: Um, yeah, so, I only watch the I only watch the sh- the movies that have been nominated. I don't know about you. All right, well,
0: well, good. So <laughs> the only two Star Trek movies, and I'm not counting the JJ movies, although those would be included in this. the The only two non JJ movies to not be nominated for best dramatic presentation in the Hugo's are Star Trek: Five, The Final Frontier, and Nemesis. And the the 2009 Star Trek movie was nominated for Best Dramatic Presentation Long Form. Into Darkness was not nominated, but we're talking about television here. So how rare is the Hugo for modern Star Trek television? TNG was nominated for Best Dramatic Presentation for Encounter at Far Point in 1988. Also in 1993 for The Inner Light, which they won. And then All Good Things in 1995, which they also won. And that's it for TNG. Deep Space Nine was nominated for The Visitor and Trials and Tribulations. Did not win. And that's it. And then Enterprise was nominated for Carbon Creek and A Night in Sick Bay. So for those of you keeping score at home for Enterprise, this horrible series... That destroyed the Star Trek franchise. <laughs> Three Hugo nominations for the Next Generation, two for Deep Space Nine, zero for Voyager, and two for Enterprise.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. And on the funny thing to me though is I might have picked different episodes, but that's fine. I'm just well, happy they got. Nominated. That's
0: interesting because now I think these episodes are are great, and Carbon Creek especially, I think should have won actually. A night in sick bay, maybe not win. I'm glad that it was nominated, but what would you have chosen?
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess the thing is we maybe should talk about Carbon Creek on an episode sometime because we may have a different opinion i don't that one didn't really capture my fancy, but I could see why the Hugo voters would like it. It's a very um, sort of outer limits sort of sci-fi story. It's a very classic sort of sci-fi story to me in, in a way that some of the other enterprises a very modern sci-fi story. Well,
0: for me, Carbon Creek is very similar to The City on the Edge of Forever. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a different story and the time travel, the mechanism is different because it's not actually time travel. It's Tupole just telling a story. But the feeling of it for me is similar to
1: city. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we should probably, we should probably dive into that at some other point, yeah, really dig we, in. And again, I'm happy you got nominated. I don't know if we've talked about
0: it on warp five. We've done it on the ready room. I know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, not a bad episode. It's just, if I was to pick one, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's broken bow or maybe it's one of the ones, uh, you know, in, in, in the final season. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I could pick three or four and I'm not pulling them all right off the top of my head. But again, this isn't about the awards I would give people. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's what they were actually nominated for.
0: They're not the Tyler Awards, they're the Hugo Awards, but not I, yet. Not yet.
1: <laughs> that's coming
0: soon. Um for me, if I were going to pick another episode here that I think would be worthy of Hugo nomination for best dramatic presentation, similitude comes to mind. I think that's a a, a big one there and maybe maybe dear doctor perhaps right yeah
1: you know the the one that i'm kind of surprised maybe wasn't nominated was and i know you don't like this as as much as maybe some of the other fans do but that whole mirror darkly arc yeah because a lot of the things they seem to to nominate i was looking at last year's nominations as we're talking are things that are sort of cultural moments, uh, yeah. like the Tribble episode from DS9. You know, that's a great episode, but part of that is it's, it's a really broader cultural moment. It's really interesting for what it did and how it approached that. And I'm almost surprised they didn't pick that one, although I probably wouldn't have picked that one, but I, I could see that one yeah. would have maybe gotten through their nomination process. Yeah,
0: I definitely see your point there. For me, I, yeah, I would not have nominated that for a Hugo. But well, they're playing two
1: games, right? Here's the thing I think would have won. Here's what I would have liked to (laughs) see. I'm kind of surprised that didn't make their list. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's everything. And it took us a lot longer to get through this than I thought it would, Tyler. So I hope everyone enjoyed the discussion and it wasn't too much of a bizarre concept for a show here. But Tyler, I understand you have a few awards you want to hand out.
1: Well, not a ton, not a ton. I just, um, you know, I was thinking maybe they deserve a few awards, and you know, we've we've talked about a few of these before. You know, the first is one that came to mind. This is just an example. I have a better one coming. Is the blue underwear award? I feel like they just deserve that, <laughs> like a special award blue-
0: for for colored underwear or something like that.
1: Yeah, or best 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 wardrobe underwear category <laughs> sponsored by Hanes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Least comfortable uh, thing to wear under a unitard. (laughs) Uh, So that's one example. But honestly, the one you know, if I was going to think, I almost want to offer up a couple things that I think the enterprise did well. Maybe not versus other sci-fi shows in a particular year, not on a particular episode, but maybe just in the Star Trek universe. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about one, and to me, I think they have the best pilot. So that's the one I'm gonna say. Uh, Start the Star Trek awards. Enterprise had the had the best pilots. Okay. Do you have any that you would like to hand out? Do you have any ideas?
0: Yeah, I have a few. I mean, and they're not necessarily serious. Mm-hmm. I think best use of a dog in a science fiction series <laughs> should have gone to Enterprise for the scene where Porthos is also receiving a rubdown in the decon chamber as they're all rubbing each other down.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. That's a good one. that's kind of in the blue underwear category, but I think this is where I like my awards. I'm never going to be the person who's going to vote on the Oscars. I like these kind of awards better. I think
0: best ambiguous supporting actor in a network television series should have gone to Chef.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, best polyamorous relationship should have gone to Flocks. Oh, yes. <laughs> Step aside, big love. You got nothing on these guys.
0: That's right. And best flirt on a network television series goes to Flocks.
1: Right. And as always, Star Trek takes this at most years. There have been a few other examples. Best use of candles to let someone know that you're an alien. <laughs> right. <laughs> no one from Earth ever burns candles, but only, you know, in every show. If you're an alien, you, at some point you're sitting around with candles. Sweating. They love them.
0: <laughs> Vulcans, Klingons, everybody loves their candles. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's it's going to destroy the filtration system of the ship. And, you know, you could light the, the oxygen on fire. But other than that, it's fine. Just go for it. <laughs> it right. Yeah, so I don't really have a bunch of other real serious ones. I just All thought right. uh, uh, it's 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 fun to think about the other things that we, we like. And yeah. I'll take any opportunity to say things I like about Enterprise, even if they're half joking.
0: But yeah, the serious awards I have. I probably have gone through them as we've gone through the discussion today. So I won't present any more of those. But I hope that we've highlighted today that Enterprise, while looked down upon by so many fans, actually carried the franchise torch very well with nominations, especially in technical categories. But not only that, but even those Hugo Award nominations for Best Dramatic Presentation show that there's a lot of great content in this series.
1: Yeah, here's how I'm going to recommend Anyone who listens to the show uses it. And, I, you know, I I, I work in marketing a little bit. I, this is the show is really not about marketing. It's about something we love. But I think what you should do with this show is you should post it in message boards all over the Internet. Every time someone <laughs> says, I don't like Enterprise, that show sucked. And you just post this show and, you know, and, and really just throw it out there whenever you need a hand. And maybe you put a timestamp. I don't know. <laughs> Check out 22 minutes and 22 seconds in. All right. Well, Tyler, thanks for sitting in with me
0: today and talking about the awards here. Before you go, tell everyone where they can find you around the interwebs.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the main thing that you might place, you might find me that you might actually be interested in is on Trek FM on, on this show and some of the other shows. So um, keep an ear out for that. Uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, you can find me at Flintastic on Twitter. That's F L Y N T. T-A-S-T-I-C. So there's a double T in the middle that some people miss.
0: That's right. You send angry messages to the 1T Flintastic, don't you?
1: I hate that guy. (laughs) He's one tweet ever.
0: All right. Well, thanks again, Tyler.
1: Thanks, Chris.
0: Well, Star Trek Awards isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network this past week. So here's a quick look at some other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM standard orbit. I mean, to be fair, the
1: commissioner has a point. You know, he's talking about how I think it's millions of lives are in jeopardy because they need to get this vaccine to them. And Kirk is like, this is a pretty crazy looking nebula. We should probably take a look at that thing. Earl Grey. Sir, there's another starship entering the zone. It's the (laughs) Enterprise! The (laughs) Enterprise! The
0: Orb. It's never clear, like, is Costamojan is that the name of a person from long ago, or is it the name of a group of people? And so you're saying that in the prophet's language, Costamojan is the name of the Pa race. Right. That's what they call the paw race. The ready room. Sean Killer did a great idea. He was 23 years old when he wrote this episode. He solved a problem that the other writers had been struggling with for years. To the journey! Think about how horrible it would be perceived by the audience to see Neelix beaten up ruthlessly. Some people would really enjoy that. That's true. I'm talking about normal people with hearts and souls. Okay, so those people...
1: (laughs) Warp 5. You know, Spock and Tuvok are two Vulcans. And so I feel like if you brought ten more into the room to say that they're all going to be the same is really... A boring race. Commentary:
0: Trek Stars. This means that really now, sort of, the, the three of us are responsible for really getting the movie to, to, to what it's going to be, and, and there's a feeling. Like, okay, what, the movie we write is the movie that's going to get made, which is a really cool feeling, actually. Continuing mission. I wanted to tell a small story about people. Uh, I just felt like let's let's talk about the people. Let's give the people a personality. Let's create a three-dimensional character. Melodic treks.
1: But when JJ Abrams came on, he was like just in like casual
0: <laughs> t shirt and jeans.
1: T shirt and yeah, and because he'd just come from the set of Star Wars. Yeah.
0: Literary Treks. What happened to all of the artificial intelligences? Where'd they go? 70 years had gone by. I think by. Kirk killed them all. He talked them he all did. to death. Yeah, he yeah. had talked, he them talked them
1: all to, the death. to death.
0: And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all of these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. You'll find them everywhere you get your podcasts. We're all over the place. And if you're in iTunes or on Stitcher, don't forget to leave us a review because we're running a special promotion right now where you can win some great Star Trek prizes just for reviewing Warp 5 and the other shows you listen to on the network. All you need to do to enter is to leave us a review on iTunes and or Stitcher and you can review the same show on both of those platforms and get an entry for each review. You can also review the master feed. That will count as well. And then after you leave the review, go to trek.afilm slash review and fill out the form that you find there. We'll ask you who you are, what your screen name is in iTunes and or Stitcher so we can match you up to your actual review. Also, where you left the reviews, and if it's iTunes, which country you left the reviews in. Winners will be drawn at random from all entries received by midnight Pacific time on July 31st, so keep your eye out for those prizes, which include a season of Star Trek on Blu-ray or DVD of your choice, some Star Trek novels of your choice, also a Starship Collections Starship from Japan, and a collection of our original art badges by Toba Ushi. So thanks in advance for supporting the show and for reviewing us, and we look forward to hearing from you. If you'd like to leave some feedback on today's show, there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can find the network on Twitter. Our username is TrekFM. On Facebook, we're at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. We're also on Google, where we have a community. We have our own forums at Trek. You can send us a voicemail through the website, just look in the sidebar on the show page, and also we have a contact form at trek. If you'd like to find me, I'm on Twitter as well. My username is C Brian Jones, the letter C and Brian with a Y. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash C Brian Jones, and I have my own website at cbrianjones.com. On the network, I do a lot of different shows. There's The Orb, Literary Treks, Matter Stream, The Ready Room, Continuing Mission, and our daily news show, Hyper Channel. So check out all of those if you're interested in hearing my other thoughts on Star Trek. Before I let you go, I would like to remind you about our sponsors for today's show. First, there's Audible.com, the best source of audiobooks that you'll find anywhere. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free book of your choice just for trying Audible. All you need to do is to go to audibletrial.com slash and sign up for the trial. Choose any book you like, and if at the end of the trial you decide not to stick with Audible, there's nothing to lose because you get to keep that book. But if you love podcasts, I know you're going to love Audible. And by supporting Audible, you really are helping us bring Warp 5 to you every week. So go check them out, audibletrial.com slash and we really thank Audible for their support of the show and the network. And we would also like to thank Trek Fan. Trek Fan is a Star Trek fan club, but not just an ordinary fan club. It's a challenge. You'll learn new things at Trek Fan. You'll collaborate with other fans to complete real-life mission objectives. They have So many things for you to do there. They have Starfleet Academy where they will send you a random Star Trek novel absolutely free. And all you need to do is review it and send the review back to them. And then just pass the book along to a friend. You don't even need to send it back to them. They also have Nimbus 3, which is Internet Relay Chat. They have qualifications in communications, engineering, and flight operations, and they even have the Trek Author Project, where they will commission a known Star Trek author to write an original story available only to Trek fan members. And the first story is Finding Monstro by David Gerald, who wrote The Trouble with Tribbles. Best of all, it's absolutely free. If you go to fm.trekfan.org, you can sign up today. That's a special URL that lets them know you heard about it here on Warp 5 and the network. Again, fm.trekfan.org. Go check it out. It's a great club. And we thank them for their support of the show and the network. Well, again, I hope you enjoyed the talk about awards today. It was a little bit different than our usual shows, but it's the kind of thing that you really don't know about unless you go and look it up. And I enjoyed talking about it with Tyler And I thank you for listening, and join us again next week here in the Decon Chamber for another episode of Warp 5.